gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Well, your week can officially begin, everyone. Finally, the day that you've been waiting for. Episode 152 is out. Mark it on your calendars. It's Matt, John, and Manny here for future considerations. Fellas, how have the last couple days been for you guys? Good, good, good. I always like it when a week starts on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The, like, week, the weekend's that much like, closer. Nobody likes Monday and Tuesday. It's a write-off. And look, we've all been we've all worked with John. We know he doesn't do anything on Mondays. Oh God, Tuesdays no. is is whatever buffet of the. There's always a good deal in a buffet, so he always has the extended lunch. And we're all just trying to get to Wednesday because we got the podcast here, Leamington Flyers hockey on Thursday, the OT when we're when we do the OT on Fridays, and then it's the weekend already, guys. Like, forget it. Let's let's cut this down to three day work weeks, four days off, and and everybody gets an extended uh, extended break at work so that they can listen to the four future considerations episode that's about to drop. Salt, yeah, I'm in. Don't they uh, do that in Sweden already or something? Come on now, something like that. <laughs> so, which one of the three of us got up early on Monday for the Queen's funeral? Crickets? Mm. Nobody did? <laughs> no one? I was in Grand Bend on the weekend, and I watched my dad help an 84-year-old woman from across the street try to download the BBC app onto her tablet so she could watch it, so I kind of half-watched it. <laughs> <laughs> does, does watching someone download the app count as watching the funeral? That's, that's about as involved as I got. Well, I, I had the day off Monday because I am a federal employee. Yes. So... I I was singing God Save the Queen or whatever song they were playing at the funeral, even though I never watched it. So I think it was I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. I think that I heard them playing that right. song at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had to I had to work on Tuesday. And uh, you know me, I don't uh, roll out of bed before the last possible second. So yeah, I I didn't see a second of it. So did they play that Bone Thugs in Harmony song? You know, that's classic song yep. for Easy e right? I heard that one. I heard the Queen was a huge Slayer fan. So there was a lot of some sl- early on, you know, to make sure that the kids were awake. Oh, yeah, my gosh. <laughs> which kids, though? Like Charles? <laughs> to make sure he was awake, as he's now, as he's now the king. I'm trying to still think about that Bone Thugs and Harmony song. <laughs> Is it Crossroads? Ah, there you go, Rashad. See, Rashad knows it. He yep, poured one right. out for his homies back in the day. Oh, <laughs> of course. Oh man. Speaking of Charles, did you see him the other day when uh, there were too many pens on the desk and he was waving at his servant to get the pens off the desk because they were yeah. distracting him? Yeah. <laughs> What's with him? Not a great start to the to the regime here. Yeah, Holy. no kidding. 
Wow, totally relatable. Couldn't imagine (laughs) holding the title as king and having absolutely no clue of what the real world is actually like. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand. I've never understood the royal family. I don't have any British connections or anything like that. none None of the women were really that cute. So I never really followed them too much. But like, I just cannot imagine how far con- disconnected from reality any of those people have to be and why why we even bother giving them much attention in return. Oh, well, I agree. Well, come on. That 80-year-old wanted to watch the funerals. Uh, she she would give everything for the, that BBC app, it sounds like it. Uh, late, lady, you already have CBC Gem on the tablet. Just watch it on there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was on CBC, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it, was yeah. it was on all of them. It was on CTV, Global. Everybody had it. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> we miss you, Elizabeth. We miss you, Lizzie. And good luck, Chuck. <laughs> watch out for those pens. Uh, in the meantime we're off to a great start a big thank you to everyone who continues to listen to these shenanigans uh we love hearing from our listeners too like philip and brampton carl and chesley appreciate the kind words thank you for reaching out yeah thanks guys oh and uh, by the way um we just had another weekend of fantasy football how's our team doing oh we're killing it lamar jackson will be the mvp of this league no, we, we spanked Kiefer badly yeah, in week I one. Heard from him in a while, I don't know why. Uh, uh, I think we spanked him as bad as the Raiders got spanked on the weekend, and then Mike, we spanked his ass this past weekend. Who's next? Who's <laughs> next? These kids, man, they they just don't get it. You you want to? Oh, sure. It's all fun and games. Oh, we can go back and forth on the chat. I didn't like this pick. You guys suck. Just bo- boys. Come on. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Another great weekend, Rashad, to answer your question. Chess and checkers, boys. Chess and checkers. <laughs> if you missed any of our previous episodes, including the live fantasy football draft, where maybe you want to bank some of these picks for next year probably still going to be good players you can follow our debates follow our guests and and again we're still going back and uh, and enjoying that fantasy football draft that we did uh, a couple weeks ago so uh, enjoy that throw in your picks how's your fantasy team doing let us know if you think you could beat us because you can't but that'd be cool uh, and <laughs> obviously join the debate anytime you can people are still catching up they're they're still sending us emails about the episode they thought it was great. So yeah, if you had not listened to it, go back and check it out. See what people are talking about. And this will be our only episode of this week. No OT needed this week. So let's get things started. Week two of the NFL has wrapped up. And for the second straight week, we are talking about a major quarterback injury. They're going to go with Trey Lance on this play. He kept it and absorbed quite the hit. Cody Barton and Brian Monet both teamed up to... Put it on Trey Lance. And Lance is down right now. That was quite the hit. 
Trey Lance injured his ankle on that play and is out for the season after having surgery on Monday. Jimmy G replaced him in that game and is now leading the San Francisco 49ers. So, fellas, we had a few questions about the injury, including from Jerry in Nova Scotia. He wants to know if we think Jimmy G can lead the Niners back to the playoffs. You know, we've talked about uh, Jimmy G, I think, more in, in this podcast in the last three weeks than, than Aaron Judge. Uh, he's, he's been the topic of conversation for, for future considerations. This is why when you have a decent backup, you don't just give him away or you hang on to him for dear life. We didn't know what Trey Lance was going to bring on the way in uh, as a, a rookie QB getting the start. We're not going to know much about him at, at all this year because he's likely not going to come back. So uh, does uh, is San Francisco in a better position now today than they were on on Monday morning or I guess Saturday morning uh, before they, they played that game? I, I, I don't think they're in the best position possible, but they're certainly in a better position than a Dallas who goes through the same kind of situation and losing their starting quarterback. I, I didn't have San Francisco making the playoffs this year, uh, so I still wouldn't. Um, but the I don't think the drop-off is really going to be that severe. Yeah, they're really, really lucky to have not have traded him. And it's like everyone always says, you can never have too many quarterbacks. And we're really finding it out the first two weeks of the NFL. And how many QBs have we seen injured already? Yeah, now Dak and now Trey Lance. Uh, I'm sort of with you guys. Like, uh, if anything, you know what you've got with Jimmy G. And his record is 31 and 14 as the lead quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Pretty good record. You know what you got. And by the way, the strength of the Niners is their defense to begin with. So uh, I think they're fine. The only negative now is. They're a Jimmy G injury away from being very bad. Yeah. Because now they'll be going to their third string QB now that they lost Trey Lance. So uh, you got to hope that Jimmy G stays healthy because you still got 15 more weeks of football. <laughs> yeah, the rate they're going by week six, one of us will be starting. <laughs> Warm up that arm, Rashad. <laughs> and uh, by the way, guys, did you like the brawl between the Buccaneers and the Saints on Sunday? You see, Evans came off and he just rocked Lattimore. Wouldn't be surprised to see some guys thrown out of this one here, KB. Yeah, New York can get involved and make decisions here. We told you earlier about Lattimore and Evans. They really don't like each other. They've had issues in the past. And that is really what got this going. And then Evans came on to heat it up. Flags everywhere. Loved it. Thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a brawl. Not, not not a bunch of guys come running out together like uh, they're this weak ass army out of the bullpen and standing around and two people push each other. Like that's a fight right there. That's a re- that's a real man's brawl. I like how Tom Brady was sharing words. Leonard Fournette steps in, and then Mike Evans comes over the top yeah. of the steel chair. Brady didn't have to do anything. That's yeah. that's that team. That's a. Sign of a close-knit team where the other guys stand up for the 45-year-old. The the golden child. Don't let him get involved. Tom Brady gets that started and probably says something to somebody else and then just steps back and we're like, okay, guys, you guys, uh, why don't you move in here? So then overall, who are your biggest winners and losers from week two? Oh, uh, there's there's a few losers on my list. I don't think the Niners lost, even though they lost 
Uh, Trey Lance, they still won the game. Like we talked about, they still have Jimmy G. My biggest losers are uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh-huh. who lost to Dallas without Dak Prescott. Here's a team that made it all the way into the Super Bowl. Everybody had high hopes for the Bengals. They can't even beat Cooper Rush, and they fall to 0-2 on the year. And then the other losers, in my mind, are the Las Vegas Raiders, who had a 20 to nothing lead and lost in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals and fall to 0-2. And everybody had high hopes for the Raiders as well in what will be the toughest division in football. Not a great start. Those two are my biggest losers. Yeah, I think you've got to throw the Indianapolis Colts in the mix there too, a team that I think was one of the favorites to win the AFC South and has Jonathan Taylor, who's arguably the the best player in the NFL right now, or at least coming into the season, getting shut out in Jacksonville, the place they lost last year in a guaranteed a they just need to win this game against the worst team in the league and they're going to the playoffs and they lose that one. And then they lose again this time around, get shut out. Uh, no points. No points. In, in an entire football game. That's that's <laughs> as big as it gets. The the other the other loser for me is Baker Mayfield. Uh loses to the Giants. This guy wanted to run his mouth and talk about being uh, week one was going to be a huge comeback. He had guaranteed they were going to beat uh, the, the Browns at double digits or some ridiculous thing, and he threw an egg out there, loses to the Giants today, only puts up 16 points this week. I mean, it's it's all but over for, for that guy. Uh, I was hoping he was going to do something to Cleveland because I don't like the Browns and the way they're set up. The Browns lose to the Jets too, so it all works out at the end. <laughs> uh, as far as winners go, are you buying the Dolphins? Like the Dolphins come back and put 28 in the fourth quarter to beat Baltimore? Pretty good win. Pretty good win for them, for sure. There's a couple of teams that sitting at 2-0 and that are, are you know, we, you've got Kansas City, who probably should be there. The New York Giants now at 2-0. and Tampa Not buying them. 2-0. Like, uh, there's, I mean, you're, I'm not buying anybody until week 13. But uh, for for Miami, and, and that's a, a pretty a pretty good division for them to get those wins. They get a win against division rival, and then they get a comeback win from there. That's uh, that's a good start. It's a great win for them over the Ravens. Definitely a big win for them. Going back to guaranteeing victories, do you think Joe Namath ever gets sick of this and just goes, okay, I did it once. I was a great player. Stop doing it, all you chumps. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, you know, it, it sucks when it bank, backfires, but but I like uh, I like people who show a little bit of charisma and confidence, not like the usual. We got to go out there and play one hundred and ten percent, right? I I don't mind. Just just you got to go back it up. Yeah, and when right. and when you don't back it up, then you look terrible. Yeah, exactly. And now you're coming in. You know, if you look at. Uh, and when we talk about Baker Mayfield and the, and the season that he's had so far, I mean, he came in, got a chance to go back and play against Cleveland week one. He was all fired up. Oh, this is going to be great. We're going to do this and that. He he stinks. The second week, he goes on the road to a New York Giants team that I don't think anybody really has much uh, of a pull for or, or expects much from the Giants this year. They go and lose on the road there. A guy, like it's one thing to to say 
we're going to do this and we're going to back it up, whatever. It's also another part that like you, you suck, man. Like your team is not very good and you're not very good. You can say whatever you want. And I, and I know he didn't say anything about week two, but he really piled it on for week one and, and didn't show up and, and it's already lost the ball in, in week two. So it doesn't take long for, for the guys that, that run their mouths to get a little smack of reality when, when they're really not that good. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goofball. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week. And it's another great week of incredible plays in this week's poll, including this one by App State. Robinson in motion slot. Here's Bryce. Rolling out. Time to heave it deep. Throws it shy of the goal line. And that ball is tipped around. Caught. Wow! Caught. Oh, that's a touchdown! Wow! Bears win it! Everyone loves a Hail Mary. We're not going to let you know if that play won in this week's poll. You have to go check it out on our Twitter account, Podcast FFC. Our play of the week, as always, brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. It's a pretty good play, though, boys. Love the Hail Mary. Yeah, no, me too. Upstate I love now, the Hail Mary. 3-0 this year. 3-0 and are they now? They might get into the top 25. 2-1. and one. Two and, two and one. one. Oh, that they should have won that other one. They suck too. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> the poll comes out on Monday. You'll get a chance to vote and share and all of that good stuff. And then on Wednesdays, we reveal the winner of the poll either on the show or you can follow our social media accounts and see who wins there. And now to the big news in the NBA. Phoenix Suns and Mercury owner Robert Sarver has been suspended one year and fined $10 million for using racist and sexually inappropriate language in the office as part of a workplace misconduct investigation. The penalty has been widely criticized. Guys, did the NBA get this wrong? The fact that he's going to at some point be able to walk into a a building uh, associated with the NBA and the WNBA as an owner or whatever his position would be at that time means they got it wrong. The only way that he should be able able to go into an NBA facility after these types of allegations, these kinds of comments, and this kind of... uh, conversation that he's leading as an owner of these franchises is if he buys a ticket online and goes as a fan he should be forced not even just to resign he should be either voted out or however you can go through the board of directors and uh, in the nba whatever i don't know what it looks like but you can't let this guy stick around as an owner of one of your franchises especially one of your more marquee ones over the last few years And it's bad enough in any league, but I mean the NBA, okay, so you're using uh, racist language when predominantly a lot of your, most of your players are black, and you're using sexist language or sexually inappropriate language when you also own a team in the WNBA. So what are you doing? It's it's a great point, Rashad. Like, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Like, you own a team that's predominantly black, and you own a women's basketball team as well. And you're allowing this to go through. Yes, they did get it wrong. What I'd like to know is how the investigation determined, uh, and this is the reason that Adam Silver, the commissioner, said they didn't kick him out. Because remember, they kicked out Donald Sterling of the LA Clippers for using similar type language and investigation. But this investigation determined that even though he said all this, this racist language, this sexually inappropriate language, 
there was no malice behind it. So therefore, they couldn't take the org, the the team away from them. Like I don't get that. You either you're using that language because you mean it, or you just don't use the language. Period. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I don't get that, and I, it's a stupid, stupid reason for Adam Silver to hide behind for not kicking this guy out. I'm sort of thinking the NBA is is going to say, you know what, we don't have to kick him out because it's 2022 and cancel culture is going to force him out anyway. So we're going to wash our hands of this. And that's that. We won't have to deal with them to begin with anyway. The minority owner of the Phoenix Suns already says Sarver should sell the rest of the his shares of the basketball team. So it's yeah. already started. So, but I think it's a stupid, stupid gray area for the league to hide behind to say that there was no malice behind his vocabulary, shall we say. Of course. And the money always plays into it. And it's a different kind of money. I, I get it. We're, we're not talking about dollars and cents here. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars. Like it's a $10 million fine. He's worth around $800 million. And to me, like you said, he should be forced to sell his shares or whatever. Like, there's no way that that we get out of this thing, and he makes more money off of this. Like, for him to just sell off his shares, what what's that worth for an NBA team? Another five hundred million dollars, more than that. Like, so we're we're telling this guy he's got to go away because he uses the language, but apparently it's not really that mean or he's not pointing it towards somebody, or he's specifically calling somebody out, so we don't want him around. So it's like, just sell your your part of the pie, take your $500 million, whatever you're going to make from this, and it, like it's like hush money, and, and, and go away. Like, that's, not, that's not fair that this guy gets to walk away with that. Yeah, you're right. It's not fair at all. Nothing about it is fair. But... Get rid of him now before he stays on for another 10 years and that $500 million in shares turns into $5 billion more, right? When the the value of these franchises skyrocket a little bit more. Just get him out. Just get him out and go. let him go to pasture or the desert or wherever and, and enough of him. Let's not talk about him ever again. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and let's start with tennis. Donnie in London sent us an email about Roger Federer announcing his retirement, and he asks whether Roger is the greatest men's tennis player of all time. Whoa, Rashad, you're the tennis guy. We should start with you. All right. Uh, That one is a little more of a debate, I think, than Serena. I mean, Serena, I think we can all sort of agree that she was the greatest women's player of all time. But boy, with Roger Federer, you have a lot of good players in there, too. You have John McEnroe, you have Yvonne Lendl, you have uh, Rafael Nadal, you have Novak Djokovic in today's modern times. Uh, I think he is in my mind, but I'm not. I could be convinced otherwise if uh, someone else had a convincing argument. I don't think it's an open and shut case for Roger Federer. Well, let me convince you then, John, because I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Which way are you going, Matt? There's There are three guys that you can make as the argument of being the greatest overall. And all three of them played each other at the same time. 
Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and the Joker. <laughs> Major titles. Nadal, 22. Joker, 21. Federer, 20. Major finals. Joker, 32. Federer, 31. Nadal, 30. Masters titles. Joker, 38. Nadal, 36. Federer, 28. Masters finals. Joker, 55. Nadal, 53. Federer, 50. He's number three on that list. He's not the best. He's the third best of just those three. And my man, the Joker, is the greatest tennis player of all time. Just because, just purely for the 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 attitude and the abrasiveness and the energy he brings to the court, but he's the winner. He wins more than anyone else. Listen, Rashad, Roger Federer is the greatest of all time. Don't let Matt sway you any other way. Not only. As you mentioned, Matt, he's got 20 Grand Slam titles. And yes, Nadal may have 22, and the Joker may have 21. But Roger Federer paved the lane for them to have success. He was the first of the big three. In fact, he was number one for 237 consecutive weeks. 77 more than Jimmy Connors. No Nadal, no Djokovic. In fact, you could make an argument that Jimmy Connors is the second greatest tennis player of all time, behind Roger Federer, who has 103 career titles, more than Nadal, more than Djokovic, in fact, more than Jimmy Connors. And he played, he reached, listen to this stat, he's won the most Wimbledons ever, Eight, which I think is the toughest of the major Grand Slams. He's reached the final of every Grand Slam at least five times. Nobody else has ever done that. He's had three knee operations, and yet he's continued to play with grace, class, finesse. That's why he's the greatest of all time. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Manny, because you made my argument for me in that Roger Federer led the way for these two to come in and become better players than him. He was great until not they better. Up. He was great until they showed up. Look, total titles, Perce- winning percentage in the finals. I hope, Manny, that we can get on the same page here and say that winning is the most important thing in tennis. Seventy-one percent. Winning percentage in the finals, Rafael Nadal, 70%, Djokovic, 66%, Roger Federer. I'm better than that at Wii tennis. You know what? Roger Federer might not even be a top 10 tennis player when you look at some of these numbers. Nadal has had how many career titles? He hasn't even cracked 100 yet. How many career titles has Djokovic had? They're four and five years younger. So, until they do it, they're not the greatest. 103 career titles for Roger Federer. When Nadal or Joker pass them, then we can have the debate again. 
But as of today, September 21st, 2022, the greatest men's tennis player of all time is Roger Federer. Well, well, good for done, Roger man. Federer for his eight Wimbledon titles and his one at the French Open, where Rafael Nadal had 14. How many Wimbledons? It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's not Joker's won seven. Yeah, it's not eight. You, you enjoy you wanna, you want to take the debate of the older guy that started things off and ended up falling off when the actual competition started showing up. You can enjoy taking Roger Federer. Thank you. I will. <laughs> He's won more career titles. That's all I got. Zero at Monte Carlo. Literally zero <laughs> at Monte Carlo. Do you they still play tennis in Monte Carlo? <laughs> Roger Federer doesn't. Why don't we go to Canada? Rafael Nadal has won five times in Canada. The Joker, four. Federer, Raf- two. That's- two. John, John Rashad's won two in Canada. Like, <laughs> easy. Oh, easy. Joker. Joker's These guys. Tournaments in the- Paris. He's won six in Paris. Nadal, zero. Federer, one. These guys should be kissing Roger Federer's feet for paving the way for him. For paving the way for... Big money value endorsements. Here's another argument for you. Nike, Rolex, Mercedes, billion dollars worth of endorsements. Never in tennis until Roger Federer. These guys should be kissing his feet. You know what they do? They make him eat dirt when they're playing in Rome. <laughs> the Dolls won 10 times there. Joker six times. Federer. Yeah, he's going to he's tourist. He's he's walking around with a map around his neck. The greatest tennis tournament is Wimbledon. Roger Federer, his uniform is still all white. Where Nadal and Djokovic, it's grass stained because they're diving for balls because they can't beat Federer. <laughs> and we have another listener email from John and Fort Francis. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was good. <laughs> it was it wasn't rapid fire, but it was pretty good. Good yeah. job, Matt. <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> uh, John in Fort Francis wants to know about the Winnipeg Jets not naming a captain for the upcoming season, and what do we think of that? That's uh, bad news for Blake Wheeler, isn't it? Well, Blake Wheeler was surprised as anyone. Apparently, he said. Uh, he wasn't comfortable being the captain or something like that, but he didn't think that he was going to lose the captaincy. Mark Shifley was shocked that Blake Wheeler lost the C. This is not good for a Winnipeg Jets team that's still in sort of win now mode, right? Yeah. Like, unless. Unless you're trying to rebuild something here, or maybe Blake Wheeler is about to get traded, and we just don't know about that yet. And Kevin Shevel Dayoff has got some moves up his sleeves, but I don't think this is good news, guys. No, I agree. I think it's a major demotion, and I don't know how you hold your head high and carry any kind of weight in the dressing room. You, you know, I can see Seattle doesn't name a captain when they first get started. 
uh, I could see new ownership, new general manager, new new front office coming in and, and changing things up and not having a captain. Winnipeg gets a new head coach and Rick Bonus, but everybody else is still there, especially the players. Like there's not a lot of movement that we saw from that Jets roster from one year to the next year to basically say that we we're going to be playing without a captain when we did have a captain who was there for a good while and is still there. It that that can certainly look as bad as it seems on on the outside. Does the C ultimately decide what happens in the locker room? It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. But to have it taken off of somebody that's still on the team and surrounded by guys that were his teammates and are still going to be his teammates is is a fishy decision. We have a question from Corey in Kingston about Nick Suzuki, now that he's been named captain of the Montreal Canadiens, with calls that he should learn French Corey wants to know if that's necessary. Yes, it is. You're the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. As much as you, whether you like it or not, you have to learn how to speak French. And I think Montreal loves this kid. I think they would make this kid their their new homeland son if things work out well for him. I don't think he's going to have any problem learning French. He's a smart kid. He's, you know, certainly well-educated. He's around good people. The team, of course, will put him in a good place. As ridiculous as it seems, yes, you have to be able to speak French to play in Quebec for the Montreal Canadiens. I think living outside of Quebec, a lot of people don't know this. Like, we don't know this because we don't see the French Quebec media. There are three TV shows that run five nights a week, all year long, dedicated to the Montreal Canadiens in French, where all they do is dissect that team. And if you have a captain who can't communicate in French for them to talk about them, talk about the team and talk to him, that's going to be a real problem. He's not going to be able to connect to the fan base if he doesn't know how to speak French fluently. And look, if you go into just random numbers, and I'm just looking at a CBC article from from August of this year, the suggestion here is that 77.5% of Quebecers speak French. You need to get a message across, not just your team, but represent your organization. And you're only able to talk to 22.5% of the people that would be spending their money to support your team or go out and, and you know, back your team or back you, or you're able to use the media the way some people can use the media. That's a bad look. Yeah, and listen, it's not it's not a bad look now, but it will be maybe in three years if he doesn't brush up on his French very quick, right? The Montreal Canadiens, and I'm a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, but it doesn't compare to the Montreal Canadiens in the province of Quebec. Yeah. It's like the Queen in the United Kingdom, right? It's it's, she's these days. <laughs> the, like you, you definitely have to make an effort and learn French. And then after three to five years, there's going to be added pressure if you don't know French or you don't know that well, uh, don't know it or speak the language that well. There's going to be that much more added pressure. They're going to give them a buy year for the first couple of years. But if you're, if you're the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, there's no doubt about it. You have to learn French and speak French very well. 
for that team in that province. Yeah, I think they will for for a little bit. It'll be cute. You know, he'll be trying. He'll answer a couple of questions in very casual press conferences and and things like that. It's going to be the like again year two probably after a game. Montreal's lost six in a row. They were up three nothing at home against Toronto and lose four three in overtime. No one's going to care whether you can speak French or English anymore. You better know how to answer some of those questions. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now we have a pretty cool pump it or dump it submission that I think you guys will like. This submission is from Jeff in Kingsville. So take these chains off of me. The song is called Addicted to the Drug, and it's by the band Ashes of Soma from Windsor. So your neck of the woods. I actually saw this on social media. People were really excited about this. For Jeff in Kingsville, are you pumping it or dumping it? Yeah, it's like top 20 on Billboard on the alternative rock charts. This song's a jam. This is really, really good. I'm pumping this all the way, boys. Me too. They're a good band. Uh, there are some good guys in that band too. Emancipate was, I think, one of the, the first single that, that came out that really put them on the map. Um, I've been fortunate enough to uh, introduce them at a couple of different events uh, in a previous life. Yeah, this is a great song. I'm glad to see their, their name pop up again because they were, they were real good and had a, a, few good, uh, a few good years and a few good hits. And, and it's nice to see them back in a big way. Yeah, because they're not a new band, right? Yeah. They've been around for, for a good while, yeah. So, like, um, Bedroom Walls, that's the other one I was looking for. And I was like, they, they got a couple of songs in there. Uh, that, uh, that So they're saying years active as 2005. So they've uh, they've been around quite a bit. They kicked around and, and did the local scene here uh, and, and got a big break on radio in Detroit and, and kind of took off for a little bit there. And, and it's nice to see that they're, they're back getting at it again. That's a great song. It's a fantastic song. Yeah, I love that song. And that marks the end of our debate for this week. Another great show, fellas. Again, this is our only episode of the week. No overtime required this week. But I uh, hope you had a lot of fun listening. Yeah, and when you get a chance, uh, go back and listen to some of those previous episodes. Debates and guests, a tough guy, Nathan Parrott, Sean Kruger, as well as OHL Commissioner David Branch. We had Jeff Burrows from the Tea Party, another Windsor Music connection there. Uh, Some great previous episodes. I'm sure you can find them. I mean, we've probably only done like eight in 152. (laughs) Probably going to stand out for you one way or another. Those are the debate ones. The guest ones are always good, but. You know, uh, give a give a listen to some of those while you're enjoying your uh, your first gosh your, your first weekend after uh, after another big banger. And we know you're always on your phone, like I am. Maybe you're uh, looking at it when you should be driving and paying attention to the road, or maybe you're on the toilet. Who knows? Remember to follow us on our social media accounts: Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and For Future Considerations on Facebook. You know, you never text me back, John. For a guy that's on his phone all the time. <laughs> that's because you don't like Roger Federer. <laughs> Look, but, I'm, 
I think he's fine. He's a great top three tennis player. Oh. Well, hey, that. If you if you have a tennis guest that you would like on the show or any other guest suggestions, feel free to send us an email to forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. And we want to thank our sponsors for this episode as well, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic, who has actually beaten Roger Federer in Cincinnati. <laughs> the Next Level Athletics and Windsor specializing in sport training and, nut- and nutrition. <laughs> oh, way to piss me off right at the end, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.